Hey, everybody. My name is Rob Shear, and I'm the founder of a national nonprofit called Comfort Cases. I'm also an advocate for children in our foster care system, a public speaker, an author of a book, A Forever Family. But most importantly, I am the father of four amazing children. Hi, I'm Dana McKay, and I saw Rob on The Ellen Show, and when I realized his organization was based right here where I live, I knew I had to get involved. I'm also a social media consultant, a radio host, a podcast producer, and a mother of two children. See, our country's foster care system is shattered, and this podcast is about how we as a community can come together to bring about change, changing the system, and changing the lives of children in care. Welcome to the Fostering Change Podcast. Well, hi, everybody. We're so excited today. It's hard to believe, Dana, that it's been a year. Since your book came out. I know. That's crazy. Oh, my gosh. I have to tell you a quick, real little quick story. You know, first of all, I don't consider myself an author. I think I'm like, I always say I'm more of a goat farmer than I am an author. (laughs) Even though I will have to tell you, people laugh at me when I say that I'm a goat farmer because I have three goats and we don't milk them. But hey, I take care of my my babies. But but my son, Makai, and you know, I have a whole chapter, you know, about my son, Makai. My son, Makai, wow, he just makes me a better human so much. But Two days ago, he came home. I was actually traveling. Since the book come, came out, I've, I've been traveling so much. And um, But I was traveling. I came home, and Makai comes running up to me, and he says, Daddy, Daddy, look at this. I'm an author just like you. And Makai had written a um, story last year about um, a Yeti. And, and a volcano. And a volcano. You read it. Yeah, of you, course you, I you, did. Yes, you I saw it. you posted it on Instagram. Yes. So he, he wrote this story, and the teacher thought it was so good. She submitted it to some book where they're doing like these young kids. Yeah, it's like a young reader's book. So it's a whole combination of a whole bunch of short stories that children have written, and it's going to be released in a book. Yeah, yeah. And Makai got picked. And so his, I mean... Oh my gosh, Dana, his face. He is glowing. <laughs> he is so proud and he is so happy. It's adorable. Yeah, I, I'm going to tell you. And so he told me yesterday when I got home last night, he said, oh, by the way, dad, he says my book will be out at the end of November. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. He said, my book will be out at the end of November. <laughs> so I said, well, we'll make sure that we'll, we'll buy copies of it so he can sign it. You know, one thing about Makai, he loves, Makai and Grayson are probably the two that that have been you know the most vocal about the book all of the kids have come to some book signings including my husband but Makai and Grayson have like whenever I'm doing a book signing that they can go to they're the first ones in the car and they're the first ones to say well don't you want me to sign that book um so I love that I love that so yeah it's been a year it's been a year what a journey what a journey. You know, I have to tell you, I got a, you know, Simon & Schuster and Derek Jeter, Jeter Publishing, my my manager, Chris, they've all been so amazing. You know, they've been amazing through this journey. It's yep. just been crazy. Well, I remember. So I read the book before I actually even met you because I was going to- really? Yes, because I was going to interview you for the podcast that I do for the radio station to, um, it's actually like a show that runs to promote the gala last year. And I said, hey, this is what I can do to help. We can try to get Rob on the the PSA show. And I was like, well, I better read his book. And I'd been meaning to read it. And I'm not, I never read. So <laughs> I, I don't, I read maybe one book a year. So this one was it. And I read it within a couple of days. And then I met you and it was 
was so cool to read your story and then actually get to meet you and talk to you. And now we're friends. And that's crazy. It is, I, I thought we were friends for longer. I even got longer. to go to the goat farm. And-, <laughs> and by the way, everybody got to tell the story. So Dana didn't just come to the goat farm. She took care of the goats for yes. a week when we were on vacation. And um, I'm not an animal person either. <laughs> I, I don't read. I'm not an animal person. And here's Rob getting me to read and take care of goats and, and feed chicken. the pig and the chickens. And I was, was like, crazy. Ah! Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. I, you know, it's hard to believe that I thought we were friends longer than a year. So that's kind of weird right yeah, there. All yeah, of a sudden to definitely. realize that. So. I know. Well, sometimes you just click with people, yeah, right? I, I believe that. I believe that. You know, and writing the whole book and people ask me all the time, how many times have I read the book? And, you know, I've only actually, I've read the book one time. And that was because I had to. My editor required that I had I had to read it. And um, John, who, who helped me write the book, um, he required I read it. And then I had to do the audio book. And that was hard. I mean, I'm sure it was. That's a lot of talking. I mean, I'm tired after we record two podcasts in a row, you know? Yeah. That was um five days of um in this fishbowl, as I call it. It was this gl- glass box, and you have a producer and a director and a sound man and of course my my best friend Michelle. Um, she was there with me every single day, um, sitting on the couch, you know, knitting because that's what Michelle does. And um, Michelle has been my friend since I was in sixth grade, and so she has been, you know, such my rock on this on this journey. You know, my kids to, to my kids, this is their aunt Michelle, but she was there, and so you know, I'd read a sentence, and they would be like, "Well, can you like?" Do change the inflection in your voice and accentuate this. Yep. (laughs) And anybody who knows me knows that, you know, I, it's hard for me to take direction like that because I'm just, this is just who I am. And it's like, you know, it's hard for me. Oh, I don't know how to change things. People, you know, there's, it's just, and especially when it comes to pronouncing words, um, I always talk about this. And by the way, I, I wish this was a live, um, a live um, video podcast because <laughs> because Dana today has on a shirt that I talk about all the time in my speeches. There, there, and there. You know, I always talk about it. I write about it. I think even in the book where you know. Um, I consider myself uneducated because I don't know the difference between there, there, and there. And, you know, I have a high school diploma. You know, it's funny. I think that, you know, as I I read this book and as I, I wrote the book and had to relive everything, I thought to myself, I really do believe that teachers passed me in school because they didn't want to have to deal with me. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's okay. So I got to give you an example. So this morning, my 10-year-old, Tristan, you know, I love that I get that morning time with him. All the other kids have left. I get about an hour and when I'm not having to rush out or I'm not traveling and and homework is hard in our house, okay? So, you know, I try to tell people all the time, people just think that we're this perfect family and this perfect, no, no, homework is hell. You know, it stresses my husband out at night. It stresses me out. And so there are many times that we're even doing homework in the morning Right, time. yeah, been there, done that. Yeah, yep. And yeah. I don't, and my son is in first grade and it's just a couple of pages. And then my daughter, high school. So she she's actually pretty good about it, but yeah, okay, I get so it. Okay, so none of my kids inherited the I'm good about homework gene. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, so I don't know what the hell happened. And especially with, you know, my husband who has his master's, my kids just, they don't have that. I'm good with homework. It is a fight. And I mean, even to the point, so my son, Makai, he goes to a school.
school that does not believe in homework. Ugh, love you, Laurel Hall. They believe that, you know, when kids are home, they need to be free. And, you know, and, and I love that for Makai. And it's good for Makai because when he went to another private school, they had homework. And like I said, it's very hard. But so anyway, so this morning, Tristan had some homework. And um, he, you know, it was time for him and I to do some bonding. So I said, hey, let's do these two homework sheets together. So the first homework sheet was about government. And it was about the Stamp Act and about taxation without representation. And and I knew all about that because I lived in the District of Columbia. And so I knew about, you know, what that meant about not having, you know, having a voice and a vote, but you're taxed. And I, I think about, I talk about Puerto Rico in that way. But I educated myself about that because I'm really big into politics. I CNN is, you know, I, I listen to news constantly. So we got that, that sheet, we got finished like that. I'm talking about taxation without representation. I'm talking about, you know, how we have, we have a, a, a you know, actually a congresswoman um, in D.C., but she doesn't have a voting right. Um, and but, but how we're taxed in D.C. And I talk about it about Puerto Rico. I was so excited. And then the math sheet came out. And by the way, I'm a banker. So, you know, but I have calculator. And <laughs> right. um, so my son read this math problem and my husband is standing in the kitchen and I looked at my son and I said, I have no idea what you just said. And he said, Dad, he said, you know, we're we're trying to find the 13th out of the 18th or so. And I was just and I looked at my husband and I said, how in the hell? Did I ever get through algebra? And now I look back and I think about it. And Dana, yeah, I really believe. I truly believe when I got D's, I should have gotten F's. I truly believe that when teachers, I talk about this. I'm very open about the fact that, you know, if those of you who have ever texted with me or you've received an email from me or you have seen my Facebook <laughs> post or my Instagram post, I am borderline illiterate when it comes to I'm sorry to think, say that I do I don't that. think I don't think you are. I, I truly believe it. I, I let me tell you, if you could if they had a ticker for every time you edit something on a post, oh my gosh, you guys would all have <laughs> So I'm your not, posts are edited? Oh all all day long. <laughs> Okay. I'm going back and I'm reading them. And I'm like, what the hell? You know, what? It, I think there's supposed to be some commas somewhere. I don't know where to put commas, but I just throw a bunch in because I know other <laughs> right. people do on their posts. So, yeah. So I truly believe that, you know, that I believe that school, you know, we, we've had so many amazing guests on our podcast. And, you know, I think the, the one thing that I, I realized today is that the common thread has been education about how absolutely yeah yeah and and i i talk about that in the book a lot about how important education because of this book i've had such so many great opportunities i visited a couple of colleges and by the way i will never ever 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 forget walking on the campus of university of maryland for the first time first time by the way i'd ever been in a college Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'd never been to a college. Okay. I'd never been on a campus. I'd never seen a dorm. Mm -hmm. And I was invited to the University of Maryland. Um, Dr. Butler, if you're listening to this, I you you moved me more than you could ever imagine. And he walked me across campus. And I remember the tears because my dream was that's all I ever wanted was to go to college. All I've ever wanted was to go to college. And and I know that the degree, let me tell you something. I, I'm very, very lucky. I've been very successful. I, you know, uh, my husband's a stay-at-home dad with our children. We, I'm financially successful and 
great business decisions I've made. And I know that diploma doesn't mean anything, but I've always wanted that diploma to hang on the wall. Always wanted that diploma to hang on the wall. And, uh-huh. um, and so, yeah, so that to me has been, you know, yeah, it's just education. It's all about education. Right. So let me ask you this. How, if you consider yourself to be illiterate and you don't know the difference between there, there, and there, how did you write the book? Um, because of John. Um, John Sternfield, um, by the way, if you see in there, it says with John. It was, you know, John, an amazing, amazing Kate Drescher from Simon & Schuster. She was an unbelievable editor. So let me tell you the process of writing this book. Okay, so it was crazy. Well, so, how did it come to be? How did it come to be? So um, as those of you know, my, my amazing friend, Jess Blank, saw and heard about Comfort Cases, and she worked for Upworthy. And um, she reached out to Comfort Cases and said, hey, I'd love to do a story about your charity. Can I talk to your founder? And so at that particular moment, we were 100% nonprofit. So we didn't have any employees that worked here. Every Everybody was volunteer. So they forwarded me the message and I called Jess up and um, and I said, hi, I said, you know, this is Rob Shear. I'm the founder of Comfort Cases. I hear you want to do a story um, on our charity. And she says, yeah. She says, um, she says, I'm from Upworthy. Have you ever heard of it? And I was like, no. Um, <laughs> um, and so then she told me all about Upworthy. And, of course, I, I, I then Googled it and liked it on Facebook and all of that stuff and found out that, wow, this is pretty cool. You know, a lot of people. Right. Watch, they have yeah, a lot of followers. A lot of yeah. followers. And I loved some of the stories that I was seeing. These were, you know, social justice stories. These were really bringing to light. This wasn't about, you know, Kim Kardashian, you know, having another baby. I mean, these were right. really, like, by the way, I do love Kim Kardashian. So let's get this straight. Um, <laughs> and the reason I say that, and I actually just made that comment, tried it, started getting off track, but real quick, the reason I have to say that, I just said, made a comment about Kim Kardashian, but I actually said to my husband too, days ago what a powerful woman you know for what she's been doing for social justice right with all of the people out getting people out of prison yeah 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 yeah. so so kim if you listen to this podcast (laughs) i want you to know i love you and that comment that i was making wasn't that it wasn't important that you were having another baby i just was like so impressed with upworthy of what they were talking about so again kim love you um girl (laughs) keep up doing what you're doing so anyway, so um, I said, sure. I said, let's do the story. And so I said, but listen, I, I have a full-time job. I mean, it was crazy. This was like, she called me in like, I want to say September, late September. And I said, I do not have an opening on my calendar until the 15th of December, literally. And she was like, whoa, wow, okay. okay oh, oh, wow. Oh, you know, I'm like, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, listen, I I'm, I work a job. You know, I'm trying right. to. Right, and you wor- have four kids. Four kids working yep. a job, running a charity on the side, 100% volunteer, didn't have a Tony Bonetti at that point, you know, didn't have an executive director, had no one. And like for all my amazing, amazing volunteers who were doing, working like three full-time jobs. And so the next thing you know, my husband goes and decides to take the kids to the, um, to the trampoline park and at my in-laws house and he breaks his foot and it pretty bad break. I mean, he had to have surgery. And so, so, you know, we went through several surgeries. Well, I forgot to put Jess was coming on the calendar. 
And so we go through everything, and all of a sudden, the day before she was to do the interview, she reached out to me and said, hey, I'm so excited. I'm going to see you tomorrow. I'll be down from New York City. And I was like, oh, oh my god! Now, mind you, Reese, was, <laughs> Reese had surgery that morning to have the pins removed from his foot. Oh, my gosh. And so I was like, dude, I was like, you know, Upworthy's coming, and they're going to be filming. And he was like, what? And I was like yeah he's like i'm on pain medication he's like you know I was like, <laughs> I was like listen i was like you know what i'm taking her to the center and my daughter was having a packing party at her school by chance she was in middle school and i said um i said and we'll be in the sunroom we'll do some interview i said i'll get her in and out of here before you know and i said you know and so all of a sudden the doorbell rang and i opened the door and there's this this young lady and you know um and for those of you who follow me on all social medias you might you see now Jess has become such an amazing part of our lives and and um she's I do consider her a really good friend but here's this little little young lady and she got a big backpack on and she's like I'm Jess you know bubbly and I was like oh where's like your camera people and stuff you know because this is upworthy and she's like no it's just me yep she's like I got my camera and and so we talked for a little bit and then she said, um, she said, let's um, sit down in the sunroom and she sets up her camera and we start to talk. And there was something about her, Dana, that um, I don't know what it was, but it was something about her that for the first time, I literally felt like I can tell my story. Wow. Yeah. I, I This is crazy, but it was like, I was just like. This is nuts. Now, mind you, I had been telling pieces of my story throughout our our time that Comfort Cases was growing, but I had not really, I had not sat down and spoke to reporters or, you know, it wasn't anything like this. And I remember feeling after talking to her, the biggest weight off my shoulders. It was the weirdest thing. I'm telling you, it was so weird. But then she left and I didn't really hear from her. And I was in L.A. I was working by coastal so I had an office in L.A. and I had an uh, office here on the East Coast. And I happened to be in my L.A. office. I would go to L.A. a couple times uh, a month. This and, is for your banking job. For my banking job. You know, here I'm a banking job, banker. I'm still, you know, nonprofit run-in banker. Um, I'm in my L.A. office. And Jess calls me and says, we're going to release your video this week. And I was like, really? And she's like, yes, February 8th. And I was like, oh my gosh, do I get to see it? And she says, no. She says, um, at Upworthy, we want you to view it when we release it. And it'll be released at 4 p.m. on the 8th on Facebook, Eastern Standard Time. And I was like, wow, okay. So, okay, I said, thank you. I, I look forward to this. And so I called my husband, and he had me on speakerphone. He was in the car with all the kids. And I said, our video is going to go viral this Thursday at four o'clock. And my son, Grayson, <laughs> God, I love him. He starts laughing. He says, dad, you're not going to be viral. He said, and he said some, some YouTuber's name or something. They have viral videos. <laughs> he says, your video is being dropped. 
<laughs> and now, mind you, like here, here's my at the time, you know, my son, he was like 10 years old. I'm like, oh, my God, here he is again schooling me. Um, so I said, OK, well, it's being dropped at four o'clock on Thursday. Yeah. Yep. And I said, and, and daddy, I said, daddy flies home on Friday. And it was my husband's birthday. I'm flying home on the 10th, which is what this is his birthday. I said, I'll meet you guys at the restaurant to celebrate dada's um, birthday. But, you know, I'll love you and got a phone. So the eighth comes along along and, you know, four o'clock, I, I watched the video and I remember, I remember I was sitting in my hotel room getting ready to go to dinner with some clients and I pulled up on Facebook um, the video on my phone and I watched it and I, I remember crying and I remember going, wow, just wow. And I remember Jess texting me and saying that um, the video is just nothing like she ever expected. It just, she was so, and so I thought, okay, that was it. Well, went to dinner. My phone was like, bing, 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 bing. And I was like, what the hell's going on here? And by the next morning, we were already in a couple million views. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. And by that night, it was like 7 million. And then on the 10th, I'm getting ready to fly out from LA to the East Coast. And we were already at like 15 million views. And Jess is texting me going, your video is viral. It's literally viral. And I was like, this is crazy. I mean, it just was blowing up. Our charity, phone calls, emails, Facebook, Instagram, everything was just, I mean, it was literally absolutely the craziest. We literally had to get volunteers to help with the, the messaging of Facebook and stuff. I mean, we were getting that many messages. But the great, amazing thing about it is money started coming in. Like, we were trying to figure out how we were going to get more cases, and people just started donating. It was crazy nuts. So I get to, to the East Coast. My, my Uber gets me to the restaurant, and all of a sudden my phone rings. And I'm like, you know, oh, my gosh, who is this? And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh, I, Oh, oh, wait a minute. Um, it, it must be my LA office. It was an LA number. And so I answer it, and this young man said, um, Hi, is this Rob Shear? And I said, Yes, it is. He says, Hi, I'm Alex from The Ellen Show. And I was like, Who is this? I was like, <laughs> right. And he's like, Alex from The Ellen Show. And I was like, I was like, Come on. I was like, I thought it was one of my employees. And he said, um, You do know that you have a viral video that's 20 million views. And I said, wow. So so that's how it started. So that video did it. So so what happened was because of that video, and by the way, right now we're 105 million views plus another 50 million views of shares. And then we're on Ellen with another 30 million views of Ellen's episode. Um, so what happened was CAA, which is um, Creative Artist Agencies, which is one of the largest um, agencies in the world, they reached out to me and said, we want to rep you. you we, and I was like, what? What the hell is that? <laughs> and they're like, we want to be your agent. And I was like, my agent for what? I'm not 007. I'm like, I didn't know what the hell. And they were like, we really think that you you have a story and that you we want to talk about TV and book. And, and I was just like, this is crazy. I was like, I have no idea. I was like, okay, well, you know. And that same day, Okay, I had two agents reach out to me, Creative Artist Agency and Abrams Artist Agency, which, by, by the way, are both of the two largest agencies in our world. And I was like, this is crazy. I remember saying to Reese, 
this is crazy. I said, these two agencies are competing to sign me. <laughs> I was like, I'm a goat farmer who sits behind a desk. And, um, and at that point, my manager, I didn't even have a manager then. And, um, but Chris reached out to me and he, Chris Billig, he lives in LA. He's, he's in the industry. He's, um, amazing by the way. And he just reached out to say, Hey, I just saw your video and I just want you to know you are an amazing person. And if there's anything you ever need, you, here is my direct information. And it just was like, wow, I need to call somebody because this is blowing up. And I, I literally called him and he answered. And then we ended up doing a Skype call that same day. And so for, for months, he actually maneuvered my, my contract with creative artist agencies. Wasn't my manager at the time. He was just being a friend. I guess it was about three months into my agent where they were like, okay, we want you to do a book is when my entertainment attorney, by the way, I have a, I have a freaking entertainment attorney. <laughs> It's so crazy. Um, and so my entertainment attorney was like, you really need to get a manager. And so I was talking to Chris and was like, I really need to, I need a manager. I was like, this is crazy. I know this. I never thought I would say this. And so I asked him, I said, will you be my manager? And he was like, of course. He was like, you know, which by the way, he had already been doing the job. Right. Um, and so CAA came and said, we want you to write a book and we are going to hire a writer because I informed them, by the way, just like your shirt said, I don't know the difference between there, there and there. Right. And so they hired John actually they, they sent me to New York and I interviewed with a bunch of writers and by the way these were some amazing writers I mean a couple of them had written books that had turned into movies that won Oscars and so these were some I mean CAA was putting out all the the stops for this book to be written and I met John and John he was one of the people on the list we just clicked and I remember saying to my agent, um, Kate and David from CAA at the time, that he might not be the Oscar winner yet, but there was something about John that I just felt comfortable with. And so um, so I picked John to um, be my writer with me. And literally, John and I spent months and months on the phone telling my story. He'd write a couple chapters. He'd send it to me. I would read it. We'd edit it. And then we, you know, and that's how it started. And so once a couple chapters were, were done, my agents then sent it out to book, you know, agents. And um, Simon Schuster immediately came back and said, we want this book. And then um, Simon & Schuster has a the relationship with Derek Jeter. And Derek um, actually only publishes about five books a year under Jeter, Jeter Publishing. And um, he read the story and was like, I have to be a part of this book. And so the next thing you know, I've got Simon & Schuster and D Derek Jeter publishing my book. And John and I completely, we re write it, we go to edit. Kate brings it back to us. And um, next thing you know, we have a book. And how did it end up? Because I love the way it was written where it kind of goes back and forth. There's a chapter from, you know, the present time. And then there is a chapter from your childhood and then a chapter about, you know, when you when you first got your kids and then it goes back to your childhood. And who came up with that idea to do it that way? So I have to tell you, you know, I've had that question asked several times and I want to make sure I give credit to where credit is due. But I do remember when my when my manager, Chris, um, was talking to me about us doing the movie he always imagined the movie um and by the way he's a producer out in in la um he always imagined the movie starting out where reese and i are sitting outside of the courtroom waiting for the decision of the judges 
the judge for our adoption case and that we flash back. Um, and so that was, I, I remember Chris saying that to me. I also remember that we talked about that with CAA um, when we hired John. And so I think there was a collaboration between a lot of people. And I know that um, Simon and Schuster and Kate Drescher, my my editor there, who, by the way, I love her, love her, love her. She loved it. She loved it. And so I remember when John brought me a couple of the chapters where, you know, I was we're jumping back and forth. It was so, it was just amazing. So yeah, I love the flow of the book. It's probably one of the compliments that I get the most. I would imagine when you did each chapter that you would, did you focus on one thing at a time when you guys would talk about when you were writing the book, would you tell a story and tell a chapter and then you would shift back and forth or did you kind of write them in consecutive order and then go back and move things around? Like how did that work? It was weird. So I just told the story from the very beginning and just continued on. And then John would, you know, John set it up for how the chapters would work. But let me tell you the weirdest part. As I'm doing these, and by the way, John has thousands of hours of tape. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, that yeah. he has given, that that it belonged to me now, but John has thousands of hours of tape. But um, I'll never forget one evening. And by the way, there were, and I would love for my husband to be on this podcast because he, he went through so much during the, the t- this time. And, and what I mean by that is I had to relive all That's, the yeah, things. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Yeah, I had to relive everything. And there were there were many nights, you know, I, I'm very open about, you know, I suffer from depression. I, um, you know, I, I even just did a, a um, Huff Post video not long ago and talked about, you know, falling in the well and what does that feel like to have mental illness. And there were many nights that I was in fetal position, um, that my husband, that I couldn't, I, I really couldn't move. I, 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 the depression hit me really hard writing this book. Um, and I don't talk about, I haven't talked about that, by the way, Dana, with a lot of people. But this one particular night, I was talking to John and um, John says, tell me about Waxhaw, North Carolina, Waxhaw, North Carolina, South Carolina. And I said, um, how did you know about that? I'd never mentioned this town. I'd never, you know, he says, you do know that, you know, you're, you're with Simon and Schuster. Yeah. The largest publishing company out there. You don't think that they didn't do their background work on you that they didn't. So that was kind of freaky to me. Right. They looked you up. They found out where you've lived and where you've been records they could get on you. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I never, ever you know, it was just like, I never thought about that part. I was just like, okay, this is my story. And I'm going to tell my, you know, but it was so weird at that moment. I realized that, wow, this is really a book. This is really happening. This is really getting put in words and yeah, it's just crazy. But yeah, it's been a year. It's been a year and you know, it's been a year. It'll be a year in May that it came out in paperback. Um, you know, and the, the sales are good. I'm happy with it. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, we're getting the story out there and we'll continue. You know, I'll never forget Kate said to me at Simon & Schuster, she says, your your book is an evergreen. And I was like, what the hell is that? And she said, um, she said, you know, the, it's timeless book. It's not a book that, oh, you only want to read it at Christmas time or, you know, it's a holiday book or it's an out of season book or out of date book. It's, it's a story. It's my memoir. And, um, and I hope if you haven't purchased your copy of a forever family fostering change one child at a time that you, you really 
do that, you know, or get the audiobook. Because, by the way, the proceeds help build cases here, comfort cases. And that was important to Reese and I, by the way. we It was very important that that um, a portion of our proceeds comes directly to the charity um, because we – the charity is everything to us. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it, the charity is your story. Yeah. You know? It's it, the it, culmination of your story and, and what you've done with your life with everything that you've gone through and everything you've experienced to now be doing all of this and giving so much back. It's just, it's amazing. And it's an amazing book. Um, it will have you in tears. And uh, there's so, there is some humor in it. There is, you know, there's, there's everything. You, you know, I will have to tell you, Dana, um, People don't know this, and you know I truly believe that it's it's very it's very important for you and I to educate people, and that's why we do this podcast. But I lost a lot because of this book. I lost a lot, you know, and um, I have not publicly spoke about this. Um, this will be the very first time that I have spoken about this. You know, I talk about my foster mother in this book, um, and I talk about my foster sister in this book, and my foster brothers in this book, and my foster family that, you know, showered me with love and support, but I have not spoken to them since the book came out. They have... Um, made the choice um, to not have any relationships with me or my children um, because of me telling my story. Um, again, we all see stories in our own eyes. And um, yeah, so it, it's been hard. It's been, that part has been really rough on me. It's been, you know, really tough um, because I, I write it in the book. I love my mom. I mean, she saved my life. She, right. I, I, you know, if anything, I, this book, is so much about how what an unbelievably un that she just she just loved me unconditionally but i realized that that wasn't true and and because if you truly love unconditionally um you don't have to agree you know but you still love and you know the fact that that None of them have seen my children in over a year or spoke to my kids in over a year. Um, it's but that's hard. That's that's really, really, really hard. And um, so, yeah, you know, I lost a lot in this book. But you know what? The fact is I gained a lot, too. I gained a lot. I gained such a close relationship with my biological sister that I really never had. Um, I've gained so much love and support from my community, um, from so many people who have really stepped up and are truly my friend because they love Rob and not love Rob the author or, you know, and, and some updates since the book has been written and people ask me all the time, will you write another book? And I'm, I always say, yeah, I doubt very seriously, but, (laughs) um, but I'll probably do another video. But, um, but my friend, I talk about my friend Ricky in the book and how dear Ricky was. He was my friend Roger. You know, I've, Roger, there's a chapter about Roger and Roger. I always say Roger left Ricky to me. Well, this year Ricky passed away with cancer. Um, and that has been very hard, hard for my children. It was the first time they lost somebody um, that they loved, um, like a family member. And it was me, you know, another loss in my life. And so, um, so yeah, it's been it's been a lot of ups and downs in the last year. Um, but I will tell you the thing that I, I will say as we end this podcast, today that I love the most is the visibility that it's given our charity. 
you know, yep. you know, we're over 85,000 cases in six years. Um, I truly believe that would have never happened if it wasn't for Jess and doing that Upworthy video that has um, just grew this charity. But it's not about the growth of the charity. It's about doing what you and I do every single week, which is talking about something that we should all be talking about, which is foster care, foster care. You know, I, I'm seeing movies come out, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing more and more people. It's getting visible. People are looking and they're seeing and they're talking. And that's amazing because that's how change comes about. That's how change comes about. It is. Well, listen, I am so excited again, a forever family fostering change one child at a time. Um, you know, it won't be the last time we'll talk about this book. Uh, you know, maybe we should like dissect dissect a chapter one time or something. I know there's so many things we could talk about. Definitely. Yeah. You but. know how I picked the, t the, the, you know, how the title of the book was picked, you know, really, that, that was a crazy, that was a long process by the way. <laughs> right. Um, I just thought it would be like, Hey, this is the title of the book. No, 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 no. Let me tell you, I, I have friends of mine who listen to this podcast, who have, are writing their own book. They're self publishing their own book. Uh, kudos to you all who do that because let me tell you I had a whole entire team and and you know I tell this all the time I mean people think you know oh it's me 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 no I had a team that did this I I could not I I just had we just had somebody on who self wrote a book I read the book it was amazing and I'm thinking to myself damn as your shirt says I do not know the difference between there there and there could you see that hot mess of a book if I would have written that listen everybody remember fostering change that's what it's all about you know Dana thank you again for an amazing show I am just so 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 grateful that you and I get to do this experience together and I get so excited for the next Tuesday for when you and I are on the podcast again oh, so thank yeah, you yes and thank you so much for being open and opening up even more about your story and for just sharing you and sharing your story with everybody well thank you again if you want a copy of foster a forever family fostering change one child at a time it's available on amazon barnes and noble um, or you can go to comfortcases.org and place your order through our website and make sure you leave a review on amazon yes. after you read it oh my god i love you for that <laughs> by the way if you're listening to this podcast today we definitely want reviews please share 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 you know we've uh, we're over almost 80,000 followers on Facebook on comfort cases it that happened because people shared our story by the Absolutely. way shared yep. our story and you know and and not to because I, we were going to wrap this up but you sent me a text the other day a woman in the UK who works in, in child and family services said she saw your video and it inspired her to really take action when she saw something happening to a child that was not right and she you know these foster parents were not good and she said knowing your story gave her the courage to, to be able to stand up for that child. And she doesn't know if she would have done that had she not seen your story. So wow. that's from people just sharing it, a share, sharing a story, sharing a video, sharing a podcast, buying a book and reading it and being aware of what's going on can really make a difference. I agree. And that's what we all should be doing, making a difference. You know, one, one fostering change, one child at a time. That's what we all have to do. Thank you everybody. Again, you know, thank you for being the change that we all need in each other. So have an amazing day and we'll talk again soon. Dana and I would like to thank all of you for listening to the Fostering Change podcast. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Make sure you follow Comfort Cases on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Comfort Cases 
And check out the Fostering Change blog at comfortcases.org. So everybody, we want to hear your stories. So reach out to us if you would like to be a guest on the podcast. You can find me on Facebook at Rob Shear, Instagram at Rob underscore Shear, and on Twitter at Rob Shear 6. And please share this podcast and leave us a review. Remember, we're all part of the same community. Your zip code, it's not your community, but it's our human race. Let's all make a difference.